And so we're going to kick off a brand new series today, a brand new sermon series, a message that we are going to call for the next couple weeks. We're going to call it this. Say it with me. Four hearts. Four hearts. We're going to be talking about four hearts. We're actually going to use scripture. We're going to look at Matthew all right, excuse me, we're going to look at Mark chapter 4, a parable that Jesus teaches, and we're going to see that what he teaches actually is talking all about our hearts. It's really kind of amazing, Pastor Rob, as we were doing worship this morning, and all y'all watching us online missed this, and uh, everything really kind of lined up about, uh, about the condition of our hearts today, isn't it awesome? And uh, so you got to know this about, uh, about your heart, and we are going to be doing a deep dive and. I hope and pray you give the Holy Spirit permission to, to search your heart today. But the condition of our lives is a reflection of the condition of your heart. Did you know that? So if your life's a mess, it's probably because your heart's a mess. Right? You can dress up your heart with all sorts of external things. To make it appear to be good, you can get in the relationship, you can buy the car, you can get the shoes, you can get the fancy vest. But if your heart's a mess, none of those things are going to fix it. On the flip side, if you have an abundant life, if you're thankful, if you have that real joy, not happiness, not fickle happiness, but real joy that can only come from God, if you have that peace, come on somebody, that supernatural peace, speaking to some folks who have experienced that, that is only deposited into your heart by the Spirit of God, right? And so the condition of your heart transforms your life. Your life is a reflection of your heart. And as we talk about our hearts today, you, you got to know that your heart is, is, is fickle. It's up, it's down, it's emotional. And we had an election this last week. Did y'all partake? I hope you voted. hope you voted for life. And my prayer for our nation is we got a lot of work to do, y'all. But as we're talking about our heart, I, I realized as the vote tallies were coming in, and we live in a blessed state, guys. But there are some states, man, people don't, people don't vote for truth anymore. They, they vote for emotions. They vote for emotional things. We're emotional beings. God made us that way. But you got to know in, in, the, in the midst of the, the highs and lows of life, the ebbs and flows, and the ups and downs, God can transform your heart with his word. Because even though I go up and I go down and I have tests and I have trials, the only thing that's going to steady me, the only thing that's going to keep me on the right path, the only thing that's really, somebody say really, going to help me is God's Word. And I, don't, I hope that doesn't sound cliche today. I know we got a lot of uh, mature Christians in the house, and so you know the value of God's Word, but you got to move past knowing God's word, and you got to begin to obey God's word. That's where real life begins to happen. And so as we, as we read our foundational scripture out of Mark 4, we're going to see that Jesus, he teaches the condition of our hearts 
is directly related to how we receive God's word. If you could begin to receive God's word, God can begin to transform your life through transforming your heart. So now this scripture that we're going to read is not one you're going to think of as we're talking about your heart. Jesus doesn't actually even say the word heart in any of these words that we're going to read, but he challenges the listener and the reader for you and for me today to see that the message is deeper. Say that with me. Deeper. And he's really talking about our lives, talking about our heart. So look at this. Look at chapter 3 as we get kicked off. We're talking about four hearts. If you got your Bible, I'll give you a few seconds to open. Who brought your Bible to church today? Your real Bible. Raise it up high. Raise, the, raise that sword. If you ain't got your sword, you got your cell phone, that's okay. I like my old school sword so I can cut the devil up. Amen. So turn to Mark 4. We're going to start at verse 3 there. And so Jesus, he's actually, he, he, he's on, on the boat, on a body of water, and he's preaching and teaching to the masses. And he says this. He, he says this parable. He says, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across his field, some of the seed fell on a footpath. If you're following along, I want you to highlight that word footpath. As we are talking about four types of hearts, that is going to be one type, a footpath. What do you know about a footpath? It's hard. <laughs> a footpath becomes hard, right? So that's going to signify our hard heart. That's going to be one type. I'm getting ahead of myself. He says, and then the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil. I want you to highlight that word shallow. That's going to signify our shallow heart with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and since it didn't have, there it is, the deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among thorns. If you're following along, I want you to highlight that word thorns. That's going to that's gonna signify our third type. It's going to be a crowded heart that grew up and choked out the tender plants, so they produced no grain. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil. That's our final one. I want you to highlight fertile soil. That's going to signify an, an open heart, a responsive heart. It says, and he said, Jesus, that they grew, they sprouted, and produced a crop that was 30, 60, even 100 times as much as he had planted. Then he said, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. So we have, I'm going to stop there for a moment, and then we're going to pick up at verse 13. So there are four types of soil that Jesus is teaching and preaching about. He's not just preaching and teaching about the soil. The soil is significant to what? To your heart. Do you see that? Do you see that today? Can I get an amen? Your heart is the soil. Soil's good, but it can be really good if you have something to put in the soil. What's the thing to put in it? The, the, the seed, what did Jesus say the seed is? He hasn't quite said it yet. We're going to read it. But some of y'all already know it, right? The seed is God's word, right? The seed is God's word. And so, the meaning of this parable, how will you understand the other parables? This is, this is where I say Jesus is trying to make you think deeper. See deeper. Receive deeper. You got to see that your life is is an open field. It's a, it's it's your heart's soil, right? And the word of God, the seed, is 
The word of God is the seed of God. Look what he says. He says, the farmer plants, he explains the parable. The farmer plants the seed by taking God's word to others. The seed that fell on the footpath, the hard heart, represents those who hear the message, only to have Satan come at once and take it away. The seed that fell on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's words. Anybody got some problems in the house? Are you standing on God's word or are you standing on the problem? The seed that fell among the thorns and the desire for other things, so no fruit is produced. And the seed that fell on good soil, somebody say good soil, represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. Imagine your life producing supernatural fruit 30, 60, 100 times you could think or imagine. I don't know about you, but man, that sounds good. But the key is, What's the condition of my heart? So I want you to write this down if you like to take notes. What's the condition of my heart? I'm trampled and trampled. It's so hurt. Has it become shallow because you have a shallow life? You, you only allow so many people to get so close. Because you're so afraid of what people might think of you if they really got close enough to see and hear the real you. See and hear the, the real heart, your real life. Look like, is it, is it crowded? Mm, somebody say, mm. Is your heart got thorns all around it because it's crowded with all the things of the world? Things that don't even really matter. We crowd it with all sorts of distractions, glitz, glamour. We jam-pack our schedules full of social things, and social things are good, but none of them are life-giving things. I'm running my gears trying to be here, trying to be there, trying to please this person, please that person. In real life, on Facebook, on Instagram, on TikTok, and my heart is crowded. I can't receive the truth of God, the Word of God, because my soil is crowded with thorns. Killing the truth. Of God, hey, the last one, I have to save the best for last. Is your heart open today? Is it ready to receive? Has it been tilled? Come on, somebody. Has it been prepared? Come on, somebody. Has Jesus loved that soil, prepared that soil, so that God can deposit into that soil? Let's look at that first point today. So in, in Mark 4, Jesus, he describes four hearts in this scripture. We have the hardened heart, the footpath. We have the shallow heart, the, that shallow soil that doesn't allow deep roots, right? The crowded heart where the thorns and the thistles overtake the soil and an open heart. God's word is the seed, and that same seed can produce much fruit or no fruit depending on the soil of our hearts. Think, think of that statement. God's word is powerful and true. Think how much potential is in God's word, and that's the seed. So God's word never changes. God's word never changes. But what we, what we see according to Scripture is 
the harvest that I reap is not based on God's word. It, it can't lie. It's true. But it's based on the condition of my heart. God's word will produce if it's in good soil. So God has, God speaks, right? God is always speaking with his word. God speaks, but get this, this is free for you, but your heart has a say. God speaks, but your heart has a say. Think of it like this. Your dirt matters. That was supposed to be really good. Y'all didn't get it over there. I'm going to come over here. Uh, your dirt, I said, matters. The dirt of your heart, is it open? Is it crowded? Is it shallow? Is it hard? And it's one of those four things based upon the dirt in your life that you're not dealing with. The junk, the lies, the things you think you're hiding from people and from God. The people may not know, but guess what? God knows. And so the dirt matters. If I, can, if I can invite Jesus and the Holy Spirit to help me deal with the dirt, then God can begin to till the dirt of my heart. And he can transform that hard, hard footpath, that hardened heart, into receptive soil, good soil, to where the, the seed can go and take root in our lives. Our heart is like the soil. It determines the type of harvest that we're going to see. So you can come You can come and sit every Sunday. And if it's the only time you spend with God through the rest of your week, your heart's going to stay the same. You can join us online every Sunday, but that's the only time you, you give God for the whole week. Guess what? Your heart will remain the same. It'll stay hard. It'll stay crowded. It'll stay shallow. You'll open your heart on Sunday, but come Monday, you're back to being closed off. And it's not because God's not trying to, to scatter seed in your life. It's because I've closed myself off. I've hardened my heart. I've crowded my heart with other things. Right? Our heart's the soil, and it determines the type of harvest. So if you need a good harvest, then you need to spend time with God in prayer, in His in his word, this is the thing I know, God, God's word is the seed, y'all agree? We done read it. And it's always the same. Nothing changes the truth of God. The only thing that changes the harvest is where the seed falls. But I know this about the seed, it's always seeking the right place. What do I mean by that? Y'all remember, maybe in first or second grade, y'all, Maybe planted little plants in, in school, in class. Right? Remember you had a little styrofoam cup, and you got the soil. The teacher helped you. You put the seed in there. It was a science project, and then you watered it and put it in the, the windowsill, and then it was a process, right? You had every morning you went to school, you're like, oh, oh, did nothing happen, right? And before you know, like a week later, everyone's got little plants. Some end up dying. <laughs> Some stay alive. Mine stayed alive, I think. What am I, where am I trying to get to? Where am I trying to land this plane? The seed is looking for the right place. It needs a place where it can thrive. The seed is not going to sprout if you don't water it. The seed is not going to take root if you neglect it. Keep it in a dark place. 
It needs some sunlight. Guess who the light is? The light of Christ. It needs to illuminate the light of Christ through God's word every day. You need to water it with God's word every day. And if the seed falls on the right place, I promise you it'll take root and not just root, deep roots. And that root will take root in your heart. And to change your life, you need to change your heart and your, your life will begin to change. You'll begin to reap a harvest that you can't even contain. Press down, shaking together, running over. Right? Right? Look at that next point. So we're talking about the harvest, the size of that harvest based upon the condition of my heart. God's word is always the same, but the condition of my heart matters, right? So the condition of our heart determines the size of our harvest. If you're not happy with the fruit in your life, it's real simple, then change your heart. <laughs> Sorry if I'm stepping on some toes today, but if you don't like your life, change your heart. It's not God's fault. It's not even the other person's fault. They may have a role that maybe it was their fault, but you holding on to that hurt, the offense is your fault, right? If you don't like your life, change your heart. Our growth, maturity, and fruitfulness all stem from our response to God's word. To change your life, you have to change your heart. The thing is, all of us, when we think about our lives and we're like, man, I'd love to change this. Man, I need to lose 20 pounds. I'd like to be shredded, right? You're picking a, a, a bad time of year to, to make that change, you should have did that at the beginning of the year. By the way, how's those resolutions going? You going to finish strong? Or are you going to limp across the finish line? You know, 2022 is about over. Anyway, we get pumped up about things that we want to change. Or I, I want to change, uh, I, you know, I need a new car. This car is getting rickety and rackety. I, I need a new one, right? Or I, I need a, some new clothes. It's going gonna, it's gonna to change. Some things. If I could just change the right thing, then I then then everything else will fall into place. But when it comes down to the nits, the nitty and gritty and the, the nuts and bolts of of seeing that change to completion, guess what is gonna need to happen? There's gonna be a role for you to play. And a role for you to stay committed to to see that change happen. And so are you committed to do that? And not just do that, are you committed to trust God in doing that through the perfecting of his word? And knowing if God said it, then I have to believe it. And if I can believe it, then I can stay on track. The thing about change is when you get into God's word, he'll begin to illuminate some areas in your life that you don't want to change. See, there's some things you're excited about changing. But there's some things God wants to change that you ain't so excited about changing. God said, you need to quit smoking. You want to see these, your grandbabies get married and have their babies, then you better quit smoking. Some of y'all need to quit doing drugs. Some of y'all need to quit drinking. To live for Jesus, you need to cut that crap out. There's some stuff you need to quit listening to, allowing Talk about our soil. When you let things into your spirit, you defile your soil. You defile your heart. It limits the, the root that the seed can take. And so when God illuminates those areas of your life that he wants to change, do you resist or do you respond? 
Because if you respond, you reap a harvest. And if you resist the voice of God through change, it's probably because I have a hard heart. I have a prideful heart that says, I'm going to keep doing this until I figure it out my way. Or you know what, God, I just don't want to hear it right now. Following God, this has to be a confession of faith too. We have to know that God's changes are always good. And one thing I know about life is it's full of changes. And if you don't think so, start having kids. It's a, it's a season of changes, right? And so we shouldn't resist the changes that God wants to do. We should receive and then respond to those changes. Right? Look at Galatians 6, 7, and 8. A lot of y'all are going to know this one. It says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, he will also reap. For who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows of the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. This is a fundamental truth, a principle of life. What you sow, you reap. What you put in, you get. And so if you put in faith and determination and prayer and excitement about God and expectation on put the expectation on God, guess what you reap? You, you reap more of those things. But if I sow more discouragement or depression or more junk from the world or if I sow more emotions that are not godly into my life, I reap more corruption, I reap more death, and God wants to give us spirit and life. He wants to declare life over the seeds in your heart, life over your life, spiritual life and to thrive, right? and to go farther, and, and to go harder even after the things of God. It's a fundamental truth. Look at that next point. So we're talking about change. And so if I don't like the way my life looks, I need to change my heart, and I change my heart through the transformation of a relationship with God, right? But we also, when God transforms our life, he begins to transform our habits and the things that we do. Right? So we change our hearts by changing our response to God's word. If you could begin to move to a place of faith, God could begin to change your habits. He could be begin to change your attitude and the things that you do day in and day out. Right? His word is spirit and life. If we receive the word, we receive spirit and life. If we reject his word, we receive death. To change, a lot of us may want to change our lives, but I may not want to change my heart. I'm here to tell you, you can't fully change your life and be transformed to the image of Christ without allowing God to change your heart. And so to change our hearts, your heart only becomes changed when you get new perspective on who you are in Christ. When you get new revelation and perspective on your life, God begins to transform your life, transform your heart. And that's why we all need to change, because we all need to see, Pastor Rob, that we're not God. I need that fresh reminder every single day that Ian is not 
God? What, what, what needs to happen? That, 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 that thought process, that belief needs to change. I need to repent. I need to turn the way that I'm going and go this way. I need to repent. I need to return to the high place. The pent, re, short for return, pent, short for penthouse, the high place that God has for me. And when I do that, I reap a harvest. I reap more things from God. I reap more faith. I reap more hope. For our hearts to be willing to change, we have to change our perspective. I have to see that I'm not God. You have to see that you're, you ain't always right either. <laughs> right? We have an epidemic, uh, an issue with every one of us that we always want to be right. And so I don't want to change that because that means I'm wrong. You know who's always right? Jesus and his word. And if he's, if he's addressing that thing in your life, don't fight it. Don't resist it. Resist. To to respond to it, first you have to receive it. And if you receive it, he'll give you the faith to to respond and to act. When we accept that we're not God, he sets us free. I was blind and now I see. I was lost, but now I'm. When I see that I'm not God, God sets us free. He liberates the captives. And then this positions us to see, to hear to receive and to respond to what he's saying. Your harvest, your abundance or your, your lack of abundance. Look at John 6, 63. It says, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are what? Spirit and they are life. You got to trust if God's showing you to change this thing in your heart, you got to see that it's for your good. It's always for your good. Is it going to take a lot of energy? Probably so. Are you going to have to set up some boundaries to go the extra mile? Probably so. But is it going to be worth it? Yes. At the finish line, I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, you will not regret that you live by faith. Right? I promise you, I promise you, you will not regret that you lived by faith. The change that God wants to bring is always good. Our obedience to what he said brings life. That's the response, the correct response. If you want more spirit and more life, the correct response is obedience. And I know that word obey is obedience. <laughs> obedience is not a word that jives with my emotions. But it's truth. Life and peace will keep you spiritually dead, spiritually hungry, spiritually Toiling and spiritually struggling and spiritually wondering why, hey, and spiritually confused. You're all confused. Did God really say? Did God really not say? Did God really say? Did God really not say? Because you have been in disobedience for so long, you can't even decipher truth anymore. Because you have guided yourself so far off of God's path because you can't see truth anymore. God says, repent. God says, lay it down. God says, open your heart and let me deposit my seed. And if you water it with my word and you illuminate it with my word, your life will change. And your heart will change. Right? Look at that next point. So we've got to see about changes. It's not just about stopping what you're currently doing. It's also receiving the truth of God's word. 
The more word you receive, the more fruitful your life will be. And the more word you receive, the more you're able to receive. So the more of this you cram into your life on a daily basis, guess what? The more you reap. The more of God's word that you sow into your daily life, the more you get to receive. There's, there's, there's truth, there's superficial truth in every verse, in every scripture, and then there's a deeper truth to every single scripture. And the more that you sow, the deeper God takes you. The more that you sow, the more that you reap. And so stopping what you're doing to begin to facilitate change is a starting place. You have to stop the bad thing first, right? And then begin to do the good things. But you can't just, you can't just stop what you're doing and expect to grow. You have to stop what you're doing, and then you have to begin to seek God's truth. You have to run from the thing that's killing you and begin to run the thing that wants to give you life, who is Jesus. You can't just stop and say, okay, I'm all good. Fix my heart. No, you have to stop, and now you got to begin to fill your heart with other things, good things, things that you can trust from God. Right, look at Isaiah 55, one of my favorite scriptures. We're going to read ways and banish the very thought. Let them turn to the Lord. So I stop what I'm doing, and then I turn to God. Right? That he may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to God, for he will forgive generously. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. Anybody ever heard that? That's the proclamation from Isaiah talking about God, right? Says the Lord, my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. The rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the, gr the grain to grow, producing what? Seed. Producing seed. And then I love this. Uh, for the farmer to, 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 for the farmer and bread for the hungry. And this is what I love. He says, it's the same with my word. I send it out and it always, somebody say always, produces fruit. If you sow this in a receptive place, it will always produce fruit. Give God a, a clap. That's, that's good news. Right? I have to trust the process, but the, I, I have to do my part. I have to be open. Right? It says it will always produce fruit. It will accomplish all that I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. It will prosper everywhere I send it, he says. If you turn to God, your heart will change. If you turn to God, your life will change. If you turn to God, our dirty hearts will become pure. Our dirt matters. Your dirty heart matters because if you turn to God, guess what? He don't have a dirty heart. If you give him your dirty heart, he gives you a fresh, brand new one. A fleshly Responses, kindness, goodness, forbearance, and self-control. Who needs some self-control? Don't lie in church. When he speaks, his mission will be accomplished. Look at that last point for today. So how do we know when we've truly received the word? I'll tell you, when you begin to obey it. <laughs> you have not received God's word until you've begun to do it. It has not taken root. It hasn't even taken full root when you begin to believe it. 
you start with belief, but it says without faith without works is dead. So my faith without obedience is dead. So you can recite 20 verses. Bible knowledge is nothing like Bible heart knowledge. When God's word moves from my mind to my, it moves to my feet. And I get to stepping. And I get to doing. And I get to praying. And I get to fasting. And Pastor Rob to doing. And I get to praying. And I get to fasting. And Pastor Rob gets to jamming his guitar. Right? We're still praying and believing for a drummer. When God's word moves from your head to your heart, it moves to your feet. And you begin to do. So don't be self-deceived today. Let God change your heart. There's some things in your life that he, he spoke on. Have the faith to let him move in and lead you and correct you. Correction and obedience go hand in hand. Another word that doesn't make me feel warm and fuzzy. But he wants to correct us and help us. Look at the last scripture for today. James twenty two twenty five, And this is where we get that promise, right? Be doers of the word, not just hearers. Deceiving yourselves. I came to church and I sat and listened. And hallelujah, amen. Now I can go live like a hellion. Confess my sins on Sunday. On Monday morning, I'm back to being a hellion. I heard the word. Self stuck in a spiritual desert. Right, 23, for if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, and forget what you really look like. We all have to remember that we're all sinners saved by grace. I can't save myself. I need to hear that every single day. I'm only saved by the washing of God's word and saved by the washing of the blood of Jesus. I never 25, but if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. If you can do what God said, guys, he can transform your life by changing your heart. If you can just do what God said, hey, and guess what? If you didn't do what God said last, you don't get a new promise. You don't get a new command. You don't get a new mission. If you're still rejecting the last thing that he said, you don't get a new one. So if we can, if we can do what God said last, God can bless you. God can bless us and God can take us. Amen. So what I want to do as we close, I want to get us all into a place of prayer together. I hope something I said today stuck out to you. I hope the Holy Spirit worked in a mighty way and I hope the Lord is showing you some things, maybe dealing with with your heart and dealing with your mind today. So if you say, Pastor Ian, uh, man, this message was for me today. I, I got some hard places. I got some shallow places. I got some crowded places. But I know this. I want to have an open heart. I, I want to be open to all that God has for me. I want to I I not just believe. I, I want to move to a place of obedience. If that's your prayer, if that's what you, what you want to agree on with today, I want you just to raise your hand up real high. Uh, don't be shy. Man, our hands popping up everywhere. Popping up everywhere. Keep them up. And I want you to listen to my voice, but I want you to focus on God. I want you to lift that hand for Him. Don't lift it for me. 
And just as Pastor Rob did such an awesome job this morning in worship, has we all had that thing that we prayed about? This is so cool how you did that because this is lines up right with what I'm talking about. We're not talking about that thing anymore. Remember, we, he said, hold, the, hold your fist out, close it. I want you to hold that hand up high. I want you to keep your fist closed. And I want you to say in your mind, God, this is my heart in my closed fist. And God, forgive us for holding on to our hearts like this. Closed-fisted. I don't allow anybody in. It's my life. It's my habit. It's, it's my thing. It's my way. Father, God, forgive me for clenching my heart like this because it's not my heart. God, it's your heart. So I want you just to open your hand. Hallelujah. And I want you to give your heart to the king. King Jesus, our prayer is that this heart is yours. Forgive me when I get prideful, when I get stubborn, when I get rude, when I get angry. I give my heart to you because it's yours. Our hearts are yours. So put those hands down, Lord, and we receive all those things from heaven as we submit our hearts and our lives to you. And I pray you just shower them with mercy and grace today and with joy. Amen. The last thing I want to do is, if you're here today and you're born again and your relationship with Jesus, you've been saved, so to speak, I want you to pray for the lost, please. But if you're here today and you say, Pastor, you know, I haven't made that first step. I, I don't know where I would go if I died today. Jesus is not my personal Lord and Savior. I'm not in relationship with Him. I want to change that right now. So if you say, Pastor Ian, I want to make Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior. And whether you're watching us online or here in the sanctuary, this moment is yours. No one's looking at you or watching you. What I want you to do is I want you to raise your hand now. I don't want you to raise it for me or for anybody else. I want you to raise it for God. You say, I want to change my life. I want to submit my life to Jesus. And make him my personal Lord and Savior. You're going to need a few moments. Amen. There's hands going up. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. I want you to know God know, knows you. He knows your name. He knows everything about you. And God loves you. Amen. And God is for you. He's not against you. He calls you a child of God right now in this moment. Praise God. The kingdom of God is growing. I want, to, I want you all to repeat this after me. Amen. Let's, let's, let's say this loud and proud today. Heavenly Father. Lord of my life, please forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my past. Send your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Man, that's good right there. Very awesome. I'm so glad that you guys came to church. Is anybody else glad you came today? Man, good stuff. Well, hey, we love you. You guys are dismissed. Enjoy that frigid day out there. Amen. Come back and see us next week. We'll continue.